Welcome <laughs> to Ocho in the Civ podcast. Very nice. Yes, intro music. Hopefully, we don't we don't get uh, we don't get sued for that one. Uh, I think for the amount of time that it was playing, I think we're going to be just fine. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Nice. So I, I had a dose number two of the Moderna vaccination today, this morning when I got out of work. Yeah. So in about a couple hours, you should be uh, you should be uh, laying in a pool of your own sweat. I don't know. I I, I woke up uh, feeling my arm felt like it got hit with a sledgehammer. It already feels better. I I felt like. I felt like I just got done being sick. That's how I felt like, uh, you know, and I didn't notice it when I was laying in bed until I got up. I, st- I took my dog for a walk. And when I was doing that, I noticed like my, I was a little achy. My back yep. was achy, ribs a little achy. And that's all kind of just gone away. Yeah. I feel a little tired, but I mean, that's also because I work third shift and, yeah. you know, I, I didn't really sleep very much today. I, I got up, you know, I probably maybe like five hours of sleep, which I think if it's overnight, it's, it's sufficient because I've done that plenty of times, but yeah. I see, feel like after you, you work, you know, trying to sleep five hours in the day, it's, it's never continuous. It's always, you're waking up because something's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's fine. I seem to be doing okay. just fine. Um, you know, we've discussed this plenty of times and, just as the vaccinations rollout has just taken place over the last few months, it's just, uh, I mean, having had both doses, I think it's very wise. If you have the option to take one of the three, um, we'll start talking, we'll, we'll get to the third that's just been released, the Johnson and Johnson uh, a little bit in a little bit, but I mean, why wouldn't you, you know what I mean? I, I think there's more reason to get it than to not. I mean, it's funny when you have conversations with people, and you ask them like, why wouldn't you take it? It's always something along the lines of like, I don't know what the long-term effects are, but the thing is, is you don't know what the long-term effects are if you actually contract COVID. I mean, take for example. Well, well, we, we do know some of them. Right. We do. But the example that I'm going to give is so uh, shout out to my friend, Mark Sheeney. He just lost his father just the other day. Um, But to use his father as an example of this, he grew up, um, you know, he was born in, I think, 1946, um, and he contracted polio. Now we have vaccinations for polio that we take, right? And, and you know, we don't have to deal with that. So he contracted polio when he was young, and then for the rest of his life, he had a limp. You know, I mean, there was presidents. Uh, who was it that had polio when they were a child? And then, you know, they were confined to the wheelchair. Eisenhower, was it? Oh, no, uh, FDR. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So... He was, he's another prime example. I mean, so we're already seeing people that contracted COVID here. We are, um, you know, months after they've kicked, you know, kicked the symptoms and everything, but they, well, I say kick, kick the symptoms, they kick the virus, but they still have residual symptoms and that being like respiratory issues or heart issues, like we've talked about in the past. So who knows if those are ever going to be restored. So, I mean, if you have to deal with a little creaky back for a couple hours, I mean, I would much rather that than, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm somebody who already has, you know, mild respiratory issues. I mean, I've had asthma when I was a kid, which I don't really deal with much anymore. I mean, I run, so kind of, kind of, kind of combat that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I uh, we still hear people that are concerned about this this uh, conspiracy theory that that the vaccine causes. Uh, reproductive issues, especially in women, or fertility issues, we should say. 
in women and it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, I had a, I, I, I put out basically an, another PhD dissertation the other day on Facebook with, uh, with a lot of folks that are just, uh, just completely, just constantly keep putting out misinformation about the, about the virus. And when you ask people about what their sources are, they say, oh, I heard this from a friend. I saw this on, on the internet and all this other stuff, or somebody would post this video about uh, some, some random doctor that starts talking about this stuff. And I, I want people to stop with this whole idea. I'm getting this information from some random source, okay? Just because it's on the internet, and I, and I know that I, sh I probably shouldn't have to say this, but just because it's on the internet, or just because somebody posted on Facebook doesn't mean it's absolutely it's it doesn't mean it's absolute gospel when it comes to sound scientific information regarding COVID. So there's before, a lot of Facebook doctors, though. Yeah, I mean they they got their MD and P their 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 dual MD PhD from Facebook U. Okay, you know so so aptly uh, acronymed as FU. Okay, <laughs> um, but. I, I, and I, I went through this whole, it wasn't necessarily a rant. It was more so I'm, I'm presenting the evidence. Now I didn't, you know, I didn't reference what I, what I wrote and all this other stuff, but it was basically a culmination of all the different data that I've encountered within the past year when it comes to this particular subject. Now I'm, I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but being that I've been in this field for, for 15 years at this point in time, I can understand the data that's coming out and I can, I can interpret it and I can, put it in messaging that, that makes sense to the lay person. So that, that's exactly what, what I tried to do. Um, and this whole thing about fertility when it comes to, when it comes to, to, to the COVID vaccine and all this other stuff. So the, the whole premise behind it, I think we talked about it on a previous episode, is that um, the, the spike protein of the virus itself that is produced by our own cells when, when you inject the mRNA into our body, okay, so our, our cells will take the viral mRNA from the vaccine itself, and we'll start using our own cells machinery to start producing the spike protein, okay? That's, that's basically what our cells do with the, this mRNA. When the spike protein is produced, despite the fact that it's produced by our body, our immune system does not recognize it as, as a, a, a native protein. That that's native to human beings, it recognizes it as being foreign. So our immune system initiates an immune response toward it. And that's how our antibodies are produced. Okay. Now the issue is that the spike protein itself may represent this, this protein called syncytin one. Okay. Syncytin one apparently, and again, I'm, I'm no OBGYN by any stretch of the imagination as well. I'm no fertility doctor or embryologist or any of that other stuff. But my understanding is that syncytin one is a, is a, a protein that's necessary for placental development when it comes to a, a growing fetus with inside a woman's body that's pregnant. Okay. So the thought is, is that if syncytin one and the, the, the coronavirus spike protein look like each other. Okay. So if syncytin one looks like the coronavirus spike protein, and you're producing antibodies against the spike protein, then the theory is that antibodies produced against the spike protein will 
uh, potentially tag syncytin-1 as a foreign molecule and our immune system will come in and destroy it and destroy surrounding tissues, which can in theory lead to placental failure and fetal loss, we'll say. So basically you're, you, the, the woman's going to have a miscarriage if, if her placenta is destroyed by the immune system. Sounds logical, correct? Yes, it does. So I was actually going to ask you, so basically it's kind of something similar to like what we were talking about earlier um, in other episodes, just about like limbs basically kind of failing. It would kind of be like the same kind of thing with the placenta just kind of failing as well. It's just like well, no, basically it's, another organ that is, is failing. It's so, I mean, failing, yes, but by a different mechanism. Right. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have clarified. So basically it's... It's almost like, okay, so we, we, we've talked in the past about this whole, what is it, correct me, with the pronunciation, cytokine storm? Cytokine storm, yeah. Okay, so it, it would be hypothetically like if this vaccination was to cause a synthetic cytokine storm and it would kind of elicit the same kind of response where you would have, have an instance, is that far-fetched? I, I, no, I wouldn't say it's far-fetched. It's, it's two, we'll, we'll just say it's two completely separate processes okay. altogether. Because so one, one of the important them, things to mention is that with mRNA, it's not an actual virus that's being injected into you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Think of it as like, you know, you're, it's, it's like the, the blueprint for, for, uh, for something for like some building. Okay. That, that, that's what the, the blueprint is for. But instead of getting the blueprint for the whole building, you're getting only the blueprint for the garage or something. It's kind of like that. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're getting a piece of the virus that, that, that the immune system is producing. So your immune system, or you're getting a, a, a blueprint for a part of the virus that our, our own native cells can produce that protein. And then our immune system takes that protein and produces antibodies against it because it recognizes it as being foreign. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yes. So now what the whole thing with, with the placenta, that that's more of a, a of, an immune, uh, a function of the immune system, as opposed to the cytokine storm, which is more of a, a, a general, uh, a, a general um, release of, of inflammatory markers within the body. Now it's still part of the immune system, but it's, it's a, a more, a broader scale thing. Whereas the whole theory behind the spike, the coronavirus spike protein resembling synthesized one is much more specific. Okay. So they, they're, they're still part of the, the immune system, the, the immune response. But what I'm talking about with syncytin-1 and, and the spike protein is very, very specific. Okay. Now, by that logic, okay, let's, let's just say this is true. So the spike protein for coronavirus resembles syncytin-1. So antibodies produced against the spike protein can also affect syncytin-1. Therefore, you're going to get an immune response against syncytin one, and you, in theory, you could you could lead to placental loss. The, you following so yeah, far? Yeah, I, I am. I am. Okay. But what what is the actual the actual likelihood of that actually happening? Well, it's it's been looked at, it's been researched, and it's it's been proven false. So, okay. it, so, it so this happen. is something that we already know that doesn't happen. Exactly. But th this is what I what I presented to these to the to this uh, Facebook University you know, people who think they know everything about this. So if the spike protein on coronavirus can produce an immune response um, that's similar to attacking syncytin-1, so the spike protein that 
is going to result from the mRNA vaccine, okay? It's still part of the coronavirus. Following so far? Okay. Now, say, for instance, you actually get the infection, okay, completely separate from the vaccine. You get the actual infection from the actual coronavirus, okay? The coronavirus has the spike protein on it. So if you get the virus, your immune system is going to react to it. If it sees the spike protein, your body is going to produce antibodies against the spike protein on the actual virus itself that has invaded your body. So right, because it's basically like, I've seen this before. We know how to combat this. Right. Exactly. The pro- yeah. Yeah. So by that logic, then the antibodies that you produce against the, the coronavirus, against the, the spike protein on the actual coronavirus is still going to attack Sinciton 1. So whether you get the vaccine or whether you get the actual infection itself, in theory, it's going to affect fertility. So by that logic, all women of childbearing age are fucked moving forward. Because you get it or you get the vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But what's been found in actual research is that theory has been proven incorrect. And the spike protein produced from the mRNA vaccine does not affect Sinciton 1. So a follow-up question, it's, it's different, but along the same line. So when I mentioned to a colleague that I was going to go get my second dose, they kind of just said, nah, you know, not for me, uh, female. Um, and I asked just what the reasoning was. And they stated that, you know, they have no plans to have children anytime soon, but they don't want to rule that out down the line. And they're concerned that, this might be something that might have long-term effects down the line. This is the vaccine um, that I'm talking about that might mm-hmm. have, have long-term effects where it might affect being able to become fertile or become, you know, be able to, be able to produce a child. There's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no evidence behind that to suggest that, that it, it can cause long-term infertility. Number one, I mean, you don't, you don't, we don't have long-term data at this point in time, but there's nothing in the, in the vaccine itself that we know of at this point in time that can affect fertility. It's not like it has preservatives in it, like parabens that we know for a fact are endocrine disruptors and can affect um, developing fetuses and all that other stuff. We know that parabens and other endocrine disruptors, like other synthetic chemicals that are produced from say petroleum products, um, can can cause issues with even with development of children okay it's 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 caused problems with with development of primary and secondary sex characteristics in kids those are serious problems where are parabens found a lot of our a lot of our um hygiene products like shampoo like soap bar soap um it's been found in underarm deodorant and people have no problem using those on a right. daily basis. So there's basically a checklist that I had to fill out before they, they injected me. And one of them was, I know it began with a P. So that must be the substance that they asked if I had an allergic reaction to, is it parabens? Parabens. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. I mean, if that's the thing that you're concerned about, I mean, if you use any of the aforementioned products, then I think you might want to reconsider your hygiene. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it, the, the, and, and, and the thing is, is that people with that, with that strong, um, 
that, that strong emotional response to the idea of getting vaccinated will seek out information that confirms what they're trying to say. So they're, they're constantly on the hunt for uh, pieces of information that will confirm their biases. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I just had a conversation up. about this uh, last night, actually. But before we get there, <laughs> there's that sweet sound, folks. The double tap. The double tap, because once again, this is bullet. Mm -hmm. And I got Michter's again. I'm about, again. I'm about two thirds of the way through this bottle. It's actually not bad. Pretty good. I've really slowed down on the uh, on the bourbon on the alcohol intake just in general. Um, it's not oh, yeah. summer. It's not summer. I mean, I don't really <laughs> sit around and you know, I don't really sit around in, in the cold by myself and get tanked up. But I do it. Looking forward to our once a week bourbon bourbon cast. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry. Are, are you saying that that the, you know, that drinking by yourself in the winter is not a good thing? You know, sometimes, you know, you want to take the edge off. It's fine. It's fine. But I mean, take the edge off. If, if you start whacking <laughs> a entire, knife to try and take the edge off, <laughs> if, you're, if you're starting to whack an entire bottle of bourbon uh, by yourself on a, <laughs> on a night off or a night where you have to work the next day, I think there's a, you might want to reconsider uh, some things. And, that in my, my single days. Yeah, but boy, not a good it, idea. No, it's not. I mean, Jesus. I mean, nowadays the hangovers are fucking horrendous. I, they're horrendous now. They're always horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think now it's like a two-day cure. Mm. But you know, just what you to speak of what you you're just talking about. Um, as I stumble over words and I haven't even taken a sip yet. Um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody last night and they were talking. You know, we got on the subject of you know, you're going to seek out information that, that is to whatever, you know, whatever your beliefs are. And basically like, I kind of, I kind of made this, the point that I've done numerous times here. And that's just in regards to the fact that, you know, um, I think it's good to see both sides in as much radical right as we have right now, we have radical left as well. And their follow-up was just like, yeah, well, your OAN is owned by whatever. I was like, my OAN, you think that's the only source of information that I use? I, I, I read everything. I read OAN, I read Fox, I read MSNBC, I read CNN. Yeah. I was like, it, it, there's so many different, I mean, most of them, I think, you know, they carry, they carry stories that are, you know, more towards whatever their beliefs are. And I think, you know, what was the, what was the subject that I shared with you last week? And then you mentioned that you searched numerous news sites and the only one that you could find was on Fox. Um, that's a good question. Was it the whole Andrew Cuomo thing or was it something different? No, I don't think it was. Um, we could come back to that, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it definitely, you know, people will, you know, gravitate towards whatever. Yeah. I mean, take, for example, I mean, I could, google the sky is purple and i will find articles to support that argument oh without a doubt yeah yeah and this is so this this has happened quite a bit in the past week or two when it can't when when it's come to the american rescue plan which we discussed last week we went over some of the some of the the things that were funded in that and it's funny because like i i've, I've seen a bunch of discussions on social media with that as well and you know people that are liberal minded will will present articles from 
um, from CNN, from USA Today, from more liberal news sources, if you will, uh, discussing a summary, uh, uh, you know, highlights of the American Rescue Plan uh, from from their perspective, and then people will 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 give their rebuttal against that if they're more conservative based on what they see from say Fox News or OAN or um or one of the other more more conservative news sources um to to show like all the bad things that are in the American rescue plan. And what I've done is I've gone on to say you guys need to stop stop with this dick measuring contest and look at the bill directly and I would post the link to the bill directly. There's no there's no slant one way or another. This is the bill. This is all 628 pages of the bill. So before you start saying you know exactly what's in the bill and how great it is or how terrible it is, go ahead and read through the actual bill itself and then make your assessment before you start before you start just regurgitating uh, an, another, another news article that just summarizes what they want you to know about it as opposed to what's actually in it. I think that's a great analogy. And the thing is, is, you know, when this... What was the uh, the last one that was passed before this one? Was it in December? I believe it was, right? December, January? No, it was December, wasn't it? Regardless. I don't remember. That's a good question. So whatever the case may be, I mean, it was it was going through, and remember, even you know the the loathsome Donald Trump, um, he he was saying he wanted to see more money. It was going directly to American citizens. So basically, the second act here was supposed to be, you know, the fourteen hundred dollars was the for lack of a better word, payoff, right? So people were seeing that, but if all these other things were so important that it needed to be, you know, dispensed to, you know, all these things that we had discussed in in last week's episode, you know, like the Native American language preservation and and all this other thing, if all these other things were that important, then why weren't they included in the first package? And if, and why wasn't it just, you know, all right, this is the $1,400 that's going to go to people making 80,000 or 75,000, whatever the determined amount is, or 160,000 as a, as a, as a couple, like, why didn't it just become, you know, what it was supposed to be, what it was talked about just about the $1,400, but instead, you know, you have all these other things that are hidden inside of it. And, and what gets lost in the sauce is that, you know, like what people see and why they think it's such a great bill is because, you know, they see $1,400 that's going to people that, I mean, if you're, if you're making under that amount, yeah, I'm sure you could definitely use $1,400. I'm sure you can, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, everybody else is kind of like, well, you know, they might've made over that amount and maybe they had a business that's closed down now because they couldn't make it through COVID. Now, what are they going to do? Because when yep. they file their taxes, they're going to see that they made over 80,000 last year, but they're not making anything this year. And in fact, they have a folded business that they're trying to, you know, work something out in lieu of, you know, going bankrupt, you know, yeah. I mean, what happens in that instance, but no, we're going to go back and say, you know, this is a great bill because it puts $1,400 in the, in, in the hands of Americans and it's called the rescue act. They just look at the title. Never mind all this other stuff. If all this other well, stuff it, was so important, like I said, it would have been included in the first one. Yeah, exactly. And 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 just like you're, just like we were talking about earlier. I mean, they're they're going to seek out news articles that confirm their own bias. So you know, like I, I, there's somebody, a, a a friend of mine on Facebook had posted something about oh, the American Rescue Plan, and oh, by the way, all all Republicans voted against it. But do you know why? 
or are you just spouting off what what you're seeing on your on your liberal news sources? And I'm I'm not I'm not here to to defend the Republicans by any stretch of the imagination because when they have power, they do the same bullshit. And I'm I have no problem saying that even as somebody who is who is a registered Republican will probably be changing to independent independent in the near future. But you see the same bullshit going back and forth. So, you know, to, to say that today, you know, your side has put through this bill and it's called the American Rescue Plan and it's going to do so much for people who need it. No, it's not. I mean, I, I broke it down for them, you know, at, at $1.9 trillion, if you really want to see what would actually go to the American people, if you do the math and you say every single American citizen, all 330 million people, okay? If you if you divide 1.9 trillion dollars by 330 million people, that's over 5,700 dollars per person, per man, woman, and child. Okay. Yeah. And so, and regardless of of how much money you make, or if you don't even work at all, okay. If you were to split it evenly amongst every single American in the country, it's over 5,700 dollars. Yet, what are people getting? $1,400, which is less than a third of 5,700. And it's Not only going, to going <laughs> and it's only going to people, to individuals that are making less than $75,000 uh, uh, per year, or a couple making less than $160,000 per year. So, you know, it, just to, to, to just say, um, you know, it, it's, it's helping all these people. I'm sure it is helping some people, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that it can do more. And yet it, there's a lot of money that are going to other things that have nothing to do with COVID whatsoever. And it, that, that's the aggravating thing to me is when these politicians put these bills forward, again, left or right, I'm blaming both of them. Because like I said, when, when the Republicans are in power, they will do the same bullshit. This is what happens. And yet people just have this thing where they think because their side put the bill through that it's completely justified without scrutiny whatsoever. And that's wrong. That's where we are getting absolutely raked over the coals as American citizens. So getting back to basically COVID is part of, you know, the actual money being spent towards COVID in this bill. A lot of money is being allocated towards the distribution of, of the vaccine as yep. was done in the previous bill. So you wonder they must have you know, miscalculated how much money was actually needed if they had to go back for a second round. But, you know, um, the talk today was about the U.S. Uh, procuring an additional 100 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccination. Um, do you think, uh, how much of a dent, so this is a single dose um, vaccination as we've discussed with a, mm -hmm. a, a lower e efficacy rate, but is it substantially lower? I mean, I've seen you know, the Moderna and Pfizer are rated over 90%, whereas this is like just, just sub of 75%. Um, in previous episodes, you've discussed the fact that people get flu vaccinations every year and that efficacy rate is around 40%. Am I, am I misquoting? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, for example, the, the reason I bring this up is because like, I, you know, I have a family member who I mentioned it to, you know, you know, that I had gotten my second dose and, He's like, yeah, I'm just going to wait. I want to get the Johnson and Johnson one. I was like, well, why do you want to get that one if it has a lower efficacy rate? And she's like, because it's one and done. I get that kind of rationale. I think if, you know, if, if they're saying it, I know there's millions of other people that think the same thing. Um, uh -huh. 
But I mean, if you're, my opinion is that if you're waiting around trying to get a certain one, I mean, in the meantime, I mean, you could already sign up for the first dose. And by the time maybe you would be able to get a Johnson and Johnson one, you could probably get that second dose in with, with a much higher efficacy rate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that a lot of people, just like you're saying, a lot of people have that same mindset when, when it comes to the, when it comes to the vaccines, I only want to get, you know, I only want to get one injection versus two or the complete opposite. I want the ones that are, that are quote unquote more efficacious than, than the Johnson and Johnson one, which, which is under both arguments are valid. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not going to argue against it. And if circumstances were different, if you had the luxury to choose one or the other, I, I mean, as, as a, as a scientist who, who deals with, with statistics on an everyday basis, I would opt for the one that's more efficacious, despite the fact that it's two vac- two injections versus one. Um, but w- what you have to understand is that when they talk about the efficacy of, of the vaccines themselves, it's about it's about prevention of getting infection altogether. Okay, not necessarily, you know, death. Okay, so it doesn't mean that you know. Uh, 95% of the people who got Moderna or, or got the, 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 the Pfizer vaccines, um, that, that 95% of them survived COVID infection altogether. <laughs> Meanwhile, and, 5% died. Yeah. Or, or like 72% of Johnson and Johnson survived and the other, uh, you know, 28% died. No, it's, it's just, they, it prevented infection in, in that percentage of people in comparison to placebo. But what you have to understand, the real, the, the, the nitty gritty details is that, is that all three vaccines, regardless of the manufacturer, um, had statistically significant differences in preventing hospitalizations as well as preventing death from coronavirus or preventing, um, um, uh, preventing uh, a progression to severe COVID disease, which is typically, which is typically associated with hospitalization. ICU admission and death as well. So regardless of which one, they are all good at preventing death from COVID. They are all good, very good, better than, than doing nothing, okay? And that's what you have to keep in mind is that the virus doesn't give a shit if you're thinking about getting the vaccine, but you're waiting for one versus the other. The virus works on its own timeline. So if you encounter the virus at any given point, you're automatically gonna have a higher risk of death from it um, without any sort of immunity versus if you had any immunity whatsoever. The same, same principle goes for, for influenza. So we talked about that. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was either the 2016, 17 flu season or the 17, 18 flu season. And I don't mean the year 17, 18, I mean, 2017, 2018 flu season, <clears throat> even at about 40 some odd percent efficacy and by efficacy, I mean, pre- preventing uh, uh, influenza infection altogether, uh, or having antibodies that exactly match the circulating influenza viruses that, that were that were out in, uh, in the general population, they found that even with lower efficacy rates or, or uh, with lower uh, antibody levels against those particular circulating viruses, they found that vaccine compared to no vaccine whatsoever, the vaccine group um, had had much lower rates of infection altogether, much lower rates of hospitalization, and and significantly lower rates of death in comparison to people who didn't get any vaccine whatsoever. So think of it this way: what's better, 
a 72 on an exam or a zero? At least 72, you're passing. Sure, it may not be as good as, as, as 95%, but think of it this way. If you at least have a passing grade, you have a very good chance of going to college. It's as simple as that. Whereas a zero ain't going to get you shit. Very good analogy. The, like, in also, what should be considered, I mean, if you're really, you have your heart set on this Johnson & Johnson one shot and done, is that, you know, it's been reported that the rollout for it's very slow. And in fact, they're having a hard time keeping up with demand and, yeah. and keeping up with shipment. So if that's one that you're holding out for, it's, it's very wise to stop holding out because it might be quite a while before you're able to see that. Yeah. And it's not like you can pick and choose which one you want. Um, if, if you, if you sign up through VAMS, so here in the state of Connecticut at this point, it's being done by age groups. So right now, the, the age group that that's eligible is the 55 to 64 year old age group or 55 and over, um, come March 22nd, it's going to be the 45 and, and over age group that, that that's eligible. And then on April 12th is going to be our age group, which is going to be, I think 35 to 44 or something like that, that, that that's eligible. Um, once you sign up and you and you pick your date, your your date and time in the clinic that you're going to go to, the clinic determines which vaccine they have. It's like you go there and say, oh, it's not like you, they're going to give you a menu and say, oh, which one would you like? No, it's whatever one they have on hand. That's the one that you're going to get. Now, you can pick and choose which clinic you want to go to and which date and all that other stuff. I would highly suggest that as soon as your age group opens up, Sign up for as sign up for it as quickly as you possibly can, and get one of them. Get vaccinated with one of them. Don't wait for this one or that one because, or because you know you don't like Johnson and Johnson because they had this lawsuit against them for, for a, a uterine cancer or cervical cancer due to due to baby powder or you know you you don't like Pfizer because they're big pharma blah blah blah. Just pick a goddamn vaccine and go with it as yep. soon as you possibly can. But that's that's crazy, right? I mean, you're talking about how we're still working on age groups and what date did you say for 45 and over? Uh, 45 and over, I believe, is March 22nd here. So just around the corner, March 22nd. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, Connecticut has one of the highest rollout rates. But then you look at a national scale and you look at places. I mean, Alaska, you could understand because it's low population. But Arizona they're 18 and over anybody 18 and over is able to get a vaccination now. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that people are unwilling to take this vaccine, you know, and this is something that we literally just talked about, but it is, it is. I mean, my whole thing is just, if it helps us get back to, you know, some kind of normal, and this will segue into our our next topic, but you know, I mean, if it, if it allows us to kind of open things up a little bit to kind of get back to some kind of normal, I can't remember if I sent you a, a video from this past weekend. I went to a comedy show up at the, at the casino mm. and uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a hundred percent capacity. You know, it was below that, you know, people have masks on throughout the casino. It is what, I mean, the, the floors weren't nearly as packed as you would typically see them on, yeah. a, on a Friday night, but you know, um, the comedy show was pretty packed. Um, and then after the bar, you know, we're hanging out. There was a band that was playing. Everybody was supposed to be sitting in their seats that were it was less than 100% capacity as well. But it still looked pretty crowded. And I looked at my friend and he just kind of smiles at me and he looks, he's like, we're back, baby. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a George Costanza moment. Yeah. But, you know, we're getting there. And, you know, something yeah. that we talked about last episode, and this is going into 
to our next topic. And, you know, a lot of states, they kind of did away with their, their mask wearing mandates, including Texas and uh, Mississippi, I believe, or Missouri. There's actually, you Mississippi. Know, so I looked up a map and there's actually quite a few that do not have mask mandates um, already. So, I mean, Texas, maybe one of the first, and they kind of, you know, took a brunt of the criticism. And I think because the Texas being a conservative state, I think they'll continue to do so. Um, kind of have the bullseye on their back, but you know, like the CDC is is loosening restrictions indoors now. Um, I mean, we're seeing, although maybe quite irresponsibly, um, these kids that were throwing masks into a a barrel and burning them. Did you see this image? No, I didn't. Yeah, that took place. I think it. it, I, I might be misquoting, but I believe it was Iowa. But nonetheless, I mean. You know, we were talking about the irresponsibilities of it uh, last week, but now the CDC is coming out with, you know, they're loosening their um, their rules and regulations, if you will. And they're saying that if everybody's been vaccinated in a household, they're able to sit around without masks. But the thing is, is like this example is kind of hilarious to me. I mean, you live in a household with your wife and your kids. Do you guys sit around wearing masks when you're watching TV together? And, and you shouldn't have to. And the fact that the CDC um, might have suggested like that, something like that early on is ridiculous. I mean, if you think you've been exposed to it and you want to wear a mask within your own house, I think that uh, I don't think anybody's going to anybody's going to going to, you know, argue against you for something like that. But for that to be suggested on a regular basis, I think is ridiculous, hmm. quite frankly. Another one of the changes I saw was that if you have been fully vaccinated, even if you are in close contact with somebody that was infected, you do not, you're not required to get a test unless you begin to show symptoms. Now, here's my question with having a vaccine, and this goes with like the flu as well. Um, the vaccine, does it protect you against the, the virus itself or basically the symptoms? I mean, um, and, and, and of course, you know, getting over the sickness as well. Well, it, it protects from actual infection, which which um, is uh, which results in being symptomatic. Okay. okay. So basically, it helps to reduce the likelihood of you getting infected. So okay. So my question is: Is it possible that you could have been vaccinated, and even for a short time, if you were around somebody that was positive, could you be a carrier and basically bring it to somebody else? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It it doesn't it it doesn't like put a force field around you, and I think people. People have this idea that that if you get the vaccine, you're automatically bulletproof from COVID, and, and it's that's not the case. the The whole point of vaccination is to prime your immune system for when you actually encounter the 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 invading virus. Think of it as like you play in a sports team. Like if if anybody played sports in high school, you practice, so you you get a scouting report on your on your opponent the following week if you're playing football. And, uh, and you practice against like what their style of play is and all this other stuff. Um, you're, you're prepping, okay, during practice for what you're actually going to encounter come game day. Okay, so you, you know what to expect. That's what a vaccine pretty much does. It primes your immune system. It makes your immune system practice uh, its strategies against this foreign invader when it actually encounters it. Now, it doesn't mean that, like I said, doesn't mean that you're bulletproof. doesn't mean that you're automatically going to win that game in a, in a blowout. Um, it just means that you are more well prepared for when you, when you see it and you know what to expect when events actually start unfolding. That's what it's all about. 
but it doesn't mean that you can't carry the virus. And it doesn't mean that you absolutely cannot spread the virus to other people. You can. Now, here's the kicker with it. So then people would say, well, then what the hell's the point of getting the vaccine? Because if you guys remember from, from previous episodes, you know, we, we talked about the inoculum is really what, what determines, um, number one, if people are going to get sick, and number two, how sick they're going to get. Now, if you remember, the inoculum is basically the, the, the quote-unquote dose of the virus that you get from somebody who's actively sick. If you if you're around somebody if you're not sick and you're around somebody who's extremely sick with COVID and they're coughing sneezing all over the place the inoculum you could get from them is is pretty high meaning that your likelihood of getting sick from COVID is very high subsequently and the severity of illness you could get from COVID at that point is much higher as well okay now let's look at the opposite end of the spectrum say for instance somebody who's gotten vaccinated against the virus they've contracted it they're not actually infected but they're carrying it in their nasal path in their nasal passages um um, if they're not sneezing or coughing the likelihood of them um yeah this is also known as the viral load if you will okay um if they're not sneezing or coughing they're not expelling a large amount of virus into the into the immediate environment that can potentially infect you. It's probably much, much lower. And in doing so, you you may still contract the virus, but you may not go on to develop actual infection. You may not go on to develop actual symptoms. But in, if you do, even with that very small amount, the severity of, 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 of how sick you get is much, much lower than if you're around somebody who is very sick with COVID, coughing and sneezing, all this virus around you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So this will basically, you know, having had the vaccine, it'll, it'll keep people from getting more sick and expelling a lot of inoculum, as you said, or viral load. Exactly. Hmm. Flu vaccine works the same exact way. But this also was basically, you know, why we were wearing masks as well. Correct. Uh Because I mean, the argument is made, by some people that, you know, from Facebook university that, you know, the masks don't do anything and, and maybe they don't hundred percent prevent you from being sick, but I mean, uh, it, you know, it's something well, that you well, actually mentioned. That like they, they want yeah. things to be, yeah, they, they want things to be black and white. And unfortunately um, it's, it's not that simple. It's, it's, there's a spectrum. So if you want 100% protection, uh, don't leave your house and put on a hazmat suit that has rebreathable air in it, okay? That doesn't allow any air in from, from the outside, from, from the suit. Um, it's, it, 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 it keeps air circulated within the suit itself. But that's not feasible for people to do, especially to stay home and to stay enclosed in this, in this suit 24 hours a day. It's not going to happen. Okay. Well, people are getting sick of wearing masks. They're going <laughs> to exactly. wear a hazmat you know, suit. So the whole point of masks and vaccine is to offer many layers of protection against severe disease. That's really what it's all about. Um, and in doing so, the, the, the pandemic really starts, to, really starts to drop off dramatically. And we're actually seeing that. We're seeing hospitalizations 
we're seeing death, we're seeing severity of illness really all drop off over time since since we started wearing masks, number one. And the, and now that we have the vaccine, um, we're, we're seeing that drop off even more dramatically. Hmm. So we're Which heading in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just exactly. like we said last week. And now I'm actually starting to see, uh, I forgot, he, he was the governor of somewhere. He was basically like, you know, we're, we're right at the finish line. Why are we going to just throw it all away now? We're almost there. Yeah, it's, it's almost like we're, you know, just like you're saying, we're at the finish line and you're, you're just going to, you're just going to stop saying, oh, I won. No, you haven't crossed the finish line yet. You it's like still those, got a ways to go. Keep going. It's like those wide receivers fast, in the NFL actually. that are about to cross the end zone and they're holding out the, you know, they're already celebrating. And then next thing you know, it's a fumble. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it was interesting. I remember clearly years ago in the 90s, Leon Lett of the, of the Cowboys, he, he recovered a, a fumble and, uh, and he ran it. He was going to run it to the end zone. He was literally at like the, the one or two yard line. And he stuck his hands out because he knew he was going to go in there. And, and I forgot what team they were playing against, but some like some, some wide receiver, somebody just like came out of nowhere and just knocked the ball out of his hands. Yep. And uh, he, he never ended up scoring the touchdown because yeah. he, he thought he was there and decided that, you know, I'm all set. Yeah. It doesn't I work mean, that way. This isn't a game where close enough is going to count. We just have to get there. Exactly. You know, and as quickly as possible. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. It's it, like you look back and it's basically the one year anniversary. I mean, I remember last year, this time I was away on a vacation and basically the world shut down while I was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then here we are, we came back. I remember discussing this story, you know, on one of our first episodes and just, it's crazy how far we've come in, in the span of a year. You know, here we are, we have a vaccine, we're making progress. Things are starting to loosen up. I mean, remember how eerie it was when it was locked down? I mean, I remember going to a store and I was afraid if somebody was too close to me. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And it's it's funny because that they were mentioning that as I just saw a news article pop up on, on Yahoo News um, on how the world changed on March 11, 2020 or March 10th or whatever the hell it was, 2020. And, uh, and I, I, I got so angry when I was reading that. I actually posted something on, on Facebook about it tonight where it's like, you know, they, they think that, that, that this day was like, you know, the, 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 you know, the start of the pandemic. And I'm like, no, if, if your journalist actually did their fucking job, they would have known that this started back in mid to late December in China. But nobody was paying attention. Nobody thought this to be something of importance because people were, were, were too concerned with, with other stupid bullshit like impeachment that, that went nowhere and, and other stuff that, that was completely irrelevant to something like this. Hmm. But if they were actually paying attention to the news reports coming out of China, they would have seen that this started back at the end of December. I mean, even and, before that, I mean, I remember seeing satellite photos that were showing like hospitals where the, the typical amount of cars that were there were you know were a certain amount and then you know as it went on towards like november there was cars that were just basically parked everywhere mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's 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 just it it's so aggravating to see something like this where you know when when yahoo thinks it's 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 important then then they'll report on it as right. opposed to seeing what's actually going on in the world and reporting on things objectively to make to let other people make their own judgment as to if something is important. I mean, who, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Like, do you really think you're, you're that important to the rest of the world where, where, you know, you determine which day started the, the pandemic? No, 
No, right. that, that, that's not how it works. Well, it's interesting that you say that because remember in January last year, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash. And there was a meme that was going around for a long time that was showing, you know, a report in from, I don't know if it was the LA Times that was showing um, a report of, of his accident. And then another column was just about, you know, a virus that was in, in China and how it was basically, I mean, this might've been, this might've been fake um, as you go to work trying to find it. But if that meme was true and there was, you know, reports of this virus coming out of China about a virus that was, you know, spreading exponentially, then it was already reported. And I know when that meme came out, a lot of people were pointing fingers. It's like, well, we knew about this already. Why weren't we doing enough about it? Well, to the same contrast, I mean, if this was already out, it was already being discussed. Why was nobody else talking about it? You know what I mean? If it was reported, it's already in the newspaper. Nobody seemed to really give a shit about it then. But all of a sudden, you know, our fearless leaders were supposed to be putting a stop to it. Meanwhile, when they did put a stop to the travel restrictions or put a, put a stop and instituted travel restrictions to China, all of a sudden that was xenophobic. People wanted everybody to go to Chinatown and then, you know, everything went crazy. Everybody yeah. months later forgot that that happened and then we didn't do enough to prevent it. And it was just, it, it was crazy, but yeah. 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 Which is, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I remember the day that, 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 that Kobe Bryant was killed in the helicopter crash. It was a Sunday afternoon in, in late January. I want to say January 23rd last, last year in 2020, I was at a Yukon men's basketball game with, with, with a couple people. And I remember I had already been paying attention to what was going on in China for about three weeks at that point. And I remember getting the alert that Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I also got an alert separately from a a completely different source that there was about 8,000 cases of this mysterious viral pneumonia that that was happening in China at that point in time. So it was between seven and 8,000 cases at at that point. Um, So it, it wasn't like, you know, anybody was hiding this. The, the news reports out of China were there, but our mainstream media decided that it wasn't important enough for them. Mm. It's just, it's, and, and it's not like, it's not like, you know, we haven't seen any pandemic since the 1918 Spanish flu. We've seen three other pandemics that have occurred in this past century, the latest being just in 2009. So it's not like pandemics are, are, uh, uh, you know, a foreign concept to us. The problem is our, our media just they 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 just like to to report on on shit sometimes that's that's completely meaningless. It means nothing to the to the average American. Yeah, but they I report guess. it in anyway because of clickbait and because of advertising dollars and all that other bullshit. But yeah. as Americans, if if we if we allow that to keep going, we're gonna keep getting fed the same bullshit that we've been fed for the past ten to twenty years. Yeah, we'll definitely get to some more of that in a minute. But one thing that I was I thought was interesting, you know, throughout this whole pandemic, and you know, when we start to get things kind of rolling again, um, a lot of the, the TV shows and everything, um, you wondered, you know, especially early on as we talk about, you know, the beginning of this whole thing, um, as things kind of went on, you know, as as much as we were able to get back to business as usual. You know, I mean, television shows started coming back. They were able to start filming. Some movies were able to get released. And one thing that I thought was interesting, I mean, uh, uh, you ever watch the show Shameless? No, I, I've seen, I've seen uh, like just ads for it, but never, never actually watched it. Great show, fucking hilarious. But that- one thing that I thought was interesting was that, you know, when they came back on the air, they were kind of true to life and they were talking about like, 
the effect like COVID had, um, like some of their characters would even say like, make sure you're wearing your mask. I had COVID before, you know, how much I hated it, how miserable I was when I had that. I don't want to get it again. <laughs> and you know, you see all these characters, they're wearing masks, um, a show called your honor, which just ended. I, I suggested to anybody it was, it was amazing. Brian Cranston plays in a, a, a judge in it and definitely check it out. It's on Showtime. Also, both of those shows are on Showtime, but yeah. one, like there was, like I said, he's a judge and through the course of the trial, um, because of COVID, they don't allow anybody into, into the courthouse. So it was interesting to see how real life was parlayed into the way that uh -huh. these shows were being um, portrayed. Now, you mentioned a show called The Good Doctor, and I've never really seen a whole episode. I've caught little little teasers there, here and there. Like, yeah, I don't know. Is it something that you watch regularly? So I not I. So it's 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 a medical show, and as as a medical professional, I. I try to steer clear of them because there's a lot of sensationalism that occurs to these shows. I mean, if you look at all these, all these medical shows, they all have to do with surgeons and surgical residents and, and how surgical residents save the world and, and surgeons save the world. And don't get me wrong. I mean, surgeons do pretty fucking amazing work to, to be quite honest. Are you telling me that Dr. House wasn't a perfectly sought out depiction of how a resident physician operates in a, ho in a, in a hospital? Uh, no, never at all. Well, well, uh, but funny, alert. funny you mentioned house. Uh, the last, the 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 hospital that I worked at last, before I went to the pharmaceutical industry, one of our attending physicians was actually um, a, a medical advisor for house. So, for the TV it, show. Yeah, for the TV show. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it it is pretty cool to 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 know that. And I, I, I rounded with her on, on, on several occasions on, on patients on the, on the floor. So it was, it was pretty cool to, 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 to work with somebody like that. The, probably one of the nicest people you will ever meet on the face of the earth. And she, she was a medical advisor for her house. Um, but I, I, I just don't like these shows because they, just like I said, they, they sensationalize um, medicine. They sensationalize uh, uh, hospitals and all that. And, and they, they make it seem like there's only nurses and doctors that work in hospitals. And as a pharmacist, I, I, take, I take a lot of offense to that because the pharmacists do a lot of work behind the scenes to really mop up a lot of the messes that, 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 that doctors make. Now, not all doctors, let me, let me be clear. It's mostly like medical residents because they're learning. So we're, we're there to help them out to ensure that, that you know, they're prescribing the right medications, the right dose. There's no drug interactions. If there are, how do you minimize them? All that other stuff. My work is a little different. Exactly. My my work in the ICU was was to be there as 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 a consultant for them, as a as a pharmacy consultant as well as an infectious disease consultant. Um, so you know, pharmacists working alongside doctors and nurses is very common in hospitals. Yet these shows never include pharmacists whatsoever, zero, <laughs> and it it really pisses me off. So I I, I stare clear of these shows, but. You know this show is is interesting. So it's it's called the Good Doctor. It's about um, it's about a surgical resident who has autism, um, who who gets into a surgical program at this this fictional hospital in 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 San Jose in California, um, and it, it it the show kind of like describes shows his troubles as somebody with autism trying to function in that type of environment, and it's it's pretty interesting because it's not. 
like, you know, as a medical professional, I kind of brush aside, like all the medical stuff that they do. I, I kind of get pissed off at some of the things because like I said, it's kind of sensationalized, but it's interesting to see his journey through all of that. Um, and the, and the, the, the struggles and challenges that he has. So I, I recommend, I mean, if, if people want, want to watch a good, good medical show, watch that. But the reason why I included it in, in, in our, in our talking points for tonight was that I just caught it tonight. So season, so my wife and I have actually been binge watching it for the, for the past few days, uh, the, the, the past few seasons, we we've missed quite a bit, but season four was actually interesting because, um, it began, uh, it, it's it it gives you a depiction of the of the COVID pandemic and what hospitals have been going through. And for people who are non-believers in the pandemic, if you're listening to this particular podcast, I highly recommend you watch season four of The Good Doctor. Um, it, it's not a complete a one hundred percent complete accurate depiction of COVID, but it it, it it's very eye-opening for people who don't understand what's happened in hospitals with this particular pandemic. Um, it, it shows a nurse that the surgical residents have worked with for the past three seasons that contracted COVID, ended up hospitalized, ended up on a ventilator, and right as they were basically ready to turn her ventilator off because she was dying, they had, um, they had a video call with her son saying goodbye to her as she was dying because her son couldn't be in the room with her. They had a case of a, of a, you know, a middle-aged husband that was hospitalized, that was, that, that was on a ventilator with COVID, and he had a, a, a tibial artery thrombosis, or basically a blood clot in his tibial artery, where they had to basically amputate his, his foot and ankle because of that, because of COVID. Eventually, a couple of shows later, they see him being wheeled out of the, out of the, the hospital in a wheelchair with his wife and people are cheering him on because he's getting discharged, which is kind of like, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, symbolic of um, this, a patient, I believe in Italy in early on in the pandemic last year around this time that survived the, the infection, survived ICU, an ICU stay, ventilation, all this other stuff and got wheeled out of the hospital in a wheelchair because he survived. And all the all the nurses and doctors that were clapping for him were applauding him for for getting discharged. Yeah, but so that's it, true to life. We were seeing a lot of that during the you know the height of the exactly. pandemic, and we even still see that today because there's still some cases where these people are in there for for long term, you know, COVID related issues, and then like I, I mean months we're talking about, and then they finally get out, and you know mm -hmm. we're still seeing that. So yeah, it's cool to see that they, like uh, art is imitating life. Yeah, and it's it, it's uh. And they, they had this whole thing, like at one of the beginning of the episodes where, you know, this episode or this season is dedicated to all the real life doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers that have been, you know, working through this pandemic. And in some cases have sacrificed their own lives for, for, for other patients. So it, I, I highly recommend, it, it, even if you don't like these medical shows, which again, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of at the very least catch season four of the good doctor. It, it, it's, it's pretty eye opening. It, and it's, it, and to be honest, it's, it's watered down in terms of what's at what people have actually experienced during this pandemic in hospitals, especially early on last spring when this really down. started. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's usually the opposite of what usually happens. Usually Hollywood embellishes everything. 
Yeah, no, this, this was, a, a, as far as I'm concerned, knowing what, what I know and talking with people that have worked in hospitals, so, some of my colleagues throughout the nation, not just here in Connecticut, um, it's, it's very watered down. It's, it's, it's almost like PG-13 compared to you know, the rated R that, that, that's actually happened in the hospitals over the past year. So keep in mind, if you do watch that show, or if you're about to watch that show, just know that as crazy as things might be throughout the course of that show, that things could in, in real life were actually much, much worse in, in most yeah. situations. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's a great show from what I hear. You know, I, it's funny when I saw that in the notes, you added it, I was, I was going to try to check out like me, I thought maybe it was like the most recent episode and I was going to try to watch it. But then I saw, I was like, mm, maybe he's talking about the entire season. So yeah. I'm not going to have time to watch that before we go on. <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean there's some good shows there was a show called suits and i was never really a fan of it but one of the stars of the show was miss megan markle yep who's been making I, news i actually like that show do i uh it's funny i saw one of her movies the other day which you one ever see you ever see horrible bosses oh she was in that i didn't know that she's in it for 30 seconds she's like a delivery girl like in the first in the first five minutes of the of the movie she like basically um was it Jason Jason Sudakis, yeah. his character that's in it? She basically delivers something. She's like a UPS girl, and then that's the end of her for the movie. But uh, so you're talking about um, you know what what topics the media wants to discuss, and it's interesting to me because granted it's royalty, yeah. but granted you know 1776 didn't we declare our independence from England? Why are we so fascinated with this this royal family? And what's interesting to me is. You know, you know, people like you've already discussed in this, both of us actually, and just, you know, you, you grasp onto something that you, you want to hold on to, and then you, you know, you forget the rest of it. Right. So there was numerous claims in this whole thing with, with her that she made. Um, uh -huh. One, one is, is obviously a big one. We've discussed it several times here and just racism itself. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is that there's no discussion on like, I think the Queen or, or Buckingham Palace released a, a statement, you know, saying that obviously we're going to look into these and, and, and these allegations, which is the right thing to do. Um, I guess her mental health was diminished, I think, was something else. Um, there was a couple of different things, but one of the, like the biggest thing for me is just like, why is why is this such a hot, like, why is this everywhere? I mean, they were expecting viewership of this interview to top the Super Bowl. I think it was like 16 or 17 million people tuned in. 17 million views. Yeah. 17.2, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I, I really had no interest in, in watching it, to be honest, because just like you're saying, I mean, I'm not, I, I have no interest in royalty whatsoever. I mean, I don't, um, I, I never really thought royalty was this, was this great thing because it's, it's no different from the dictatorship as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you have, you have one person or one small group of people that basically dictate to the rest of the commoners, if you will, within that nation or that city or whatever, that kingdom on, on what they could do. And but do um, they? Doesn't seem like it anymore. No, I mean, all laws is, you know, this is all passed through parliament. Yeah, which is, which is kind of funny as to why they're still a royal family. I mean, like, what, what's, what's the point of royalty? It doesn't make any sense to me, to be quite honest. I mean, we're, we're at uh, an, an age of, of, of human civilization where 
we know that we can govern ourselves. We don't need a supreme leader of, of, human, of humans to basically dictate what, what we can and can't do. I think, you know, we come together collectively as a group, we form a, a formal government, and we create policies that are beneficial to the vast majority of, of citizens. That's exactly what this country did back, just like you're saying, in, in the late 1700s. When we got tired of, of, of royalty and said, you know what? We're gonna do we're gonna do shit ourselves, whether you like it or not. If you wanna fight, we'll fight. And that's exactly what we did. So I just don't understand what the whole point of royalty is. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It just means that you you're you're almost like a parasite. You keep taking from the people, but you give very little back. Now, I mean, with this royal family, okay, they do a lot of world tours, they they go to their 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 commonwealth of nations. They, they, they do a lot of charity events. It's different from what royalty was, you know, 500, 1,000 years ago where they acted like, like dictators and tyrants and they can do shit like that. So I'm, I'm not a fan of, of royalty. Now, the caveat to that is Prince Harry, okay? Now, I don't know a lot of his story. I do know that obviously... You know, him and William lost their mother, Princess Diana, back in the 90s with that whole paparazzi thing, all that other stuff. Very tragic, especially for, for two little boys losing their mother at such a young age. It, the media reported on, on his, you know, on, on, on him, you know, kind of being a dick through his teenage years and going out and partying and all this other stuff. And looking back on it, you kind of feel for the guy because, you know, he lost his mother. And the media and, and, and all these other uh, tabloids just like completely took over his life. So he couldn't act like a human being. He had to act a certain way out in public. And so I, I totally understand his, his rebellion and all that other stuff. But the thing that kind of changed my mind about him specifically is when he, he went to Afghanistan not on some world tour, he was actually in the British military. And as far as I remember, he was a helicopter pilot. Um, he could have done some administrative job as opposed to putting himself at risk for, for being killed out in battle. But he, he went out there with, with his fellow countrymen. That, that's, you know, somebody being at that level of royalty, if you will, you know, you don't have to put yourself in that danger. People are going to protect you regardless. But he, as far as I know, he opted for that. And I remember seeing one interview with him. I don't know, I don't know if it was with the BBC or with somebody else. He was sitting down for an interview in Afghanistan. He, he had his fatigues on. He, he wasn't like in a suit or anything. He, he was just like one of the other soldiers. And they're on some base. And all of a sudden, you hear gunfire going on behind him. And he just he stopped the interview. He's looking behind him. And he, he took his mic off. And he ran to, to where the gunfire was. So... I respect that, mm -hmm. you know, even like, like I said, even in somebody with, with royalty who doesn't have to put themselves in that situation, they're going to be protected in general. He, he opted to fight with his, with his fellow countrymen. I commend him for that. I give him more respect for that because mm -hmm. to me, it shows that he's a normal person just like anybody else. And he wants to be treated like a normal person. So for me, I mean, the, the, the interview itself was, was pretty telling. Now, again, as people say, there's two sides to every story. Um, but I can't say I'm too surprised by that type of behavior 
coming out of the quote unquote institution of the royal family. Um, it's just sad that in today's day and age, that's still happening. It's just, it, it's really, really sad. If that's real, if their story is, is true to word, it's sad that th- that, that actually happened and that it's still happening today. There's a lot of different directions to go through in, in you know, what is Harry and, and Meghan Markle? Like, okay, so you have the optics, right? They're being interviewed by Oprah Winfrey on this 14 and a half million dollar sprawling estate. And you have these very well-off people mm-hmm. talking about how they were basically mistreated by the royal family. So, I mean, there's that. But also, I mean, there's... Okay, through the course of the interview, and this is just what I've seen just on, you know, different news outlets that have put it out there because I didn't see the actual interview. Um, You have these two that are basically talked about how they were given all this mistreatment and they were blaming the fact that they were being mistreated on the fact that she was multiracial. The thing is, is here's what I have a problem and be that as it may, I mean, I'm sure that's probably a a huge contributor to it. I mean, see, here's the thing. Here's where it gets convoluted because do I think it's okay? No, absolutely not. Do I think it's surprising though? Do you think it's surprising that a 90 year old white lady, the queen of England might be a little racist? Like, is that, is that surprising? I I don't think it's that surprising. I mean, do I think it's, do I think that it's unacceptable? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I think the interesting part about it is that it doesn't seem like the Royal family is actually controlling the Royal family. Sounds yeah. like the royal family is is being controlled by, by some, by you know they 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 keep referring to the institution, the institution right. of the royal family, and it seems like these are people that are completely outside the royal family that are dictating how the royal family should be behaving. Yeah, and it sounds like that has a large part to do with it. But I mean, here here's my thing. Here's my thing on that. If I were the queen or if I were the, the, the king or whatever, just say hypothetically speaking, we were the king of the royal family. And I knew that, 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 that this was going on and I knew that it was wrong. Then, I, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like if, you're, if you're the head of the royal family, you should be able to snap your finger and say, you know what? You're all fucking fired. We're starting mm-hmm. this from scratch. But there's a little bit that I wanted to expand on that. And, and that's the fact that like, you know, you had mentioned, you know, Harry, when he was growing up, he was he was under the microscope already. Like the, the media had it out for him. He was the, the rebellious one. Yep. There was always a, a difference, a disparaging treatment between Harry and William. There always was. Yep. I so, agree. I mean, now he gets married and now you think it's going to stop. I mean, now, if anything, there's more fuel to the fire, if you will. So I think that's always that's always kind of kind of been there. And I think one of the reasons for him electing to go into the military was because he just, he didn't want to be in that spotlight anymore, especially seeing what it had done to his mother. You know what I mean? And and being chased by the paparazzi. And obviously that's the main contributor to to what caused the accident. Um, Because with that, you know, you're, you're going to want to escape that. You're going to want to have some kind of normalcy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't shock me um, that with all the pressure that he had received his entire life, you know what I mean? Like what happens when you're pre 10, you, you probably don't really pay attention at that point. You know, you're just being, you're, you think it's, 
you know, what kid doesn't like having their picture taken, being the center of attention, you know what I mean? But as it goes on and after, you know, the death of their mother and seeing all this pressure, I mean, you could figure this out, like the amount of pressure and being a kid and constantly being under the scrutiny for, for being a kid, for screwing up from time to time, of course, you're going to want to escape that, you know? So that doesn't surprise me. I mean, the fact that this is really being like this big, huge bombshell and people over here are just like, I mean, my newsfeed was just like people picking a side and, and like, and this is what amazes me because what attention do we typically pay to the Royal family? Me personally? or None in general. in general, the United States as a whole. Last time I heard anybody talk about the Royal family was when Megan and Harry were actually getting married. Since then, I haven't heard a damn thing. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's weighing in on their personal opinions on what happens in the royal family here in Connecticut. Like, I mean, I say Connecticut, but here in the United States in general as a whole. Like, we don't know the first thing about the, the, the royal family. We don't know. I mean, and there's also, you know, early when this whole news broke about this interview taking place i mean there was reports that you know megan might not have been the most ideal person to to live around or to to take care of you know but that story nobody gives a shit about that anymore i i mean i i don't i mean maybe maybe she is a difficult person i don't know who knows but i think you know to your point why do we care so much about royalty I mean, we, we, we fought a fucking war almost 250 years ago to, to tell them to, 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 to kiss our ass. And yet here we are, you know, there's so many Americans that are just so obsessed with it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's the whole fairy tale thing behind it. Oh, the Royal family. Prince. And yeah. And, but I, I think what, what they don't, I, I hope what people that were obsessed with royalty now realizes that even though you are royalty, you are a prisoner to that because of all the expectations that are put forth for you as opposed to you actually living freely. So it's almost like, you know, this whole idea of royalty being in control of everything, of being in control of the commoners has now kind of switched where now the commoners control the royalty instead. And they really have, they really don't have much say in, in, in whatever power that they have. And it, I mean, but you're right. As Americans, why do we care so much about it? Now, here, here's here's where I think people may care more about this particular story. Not necessarily because they're because Harry comes from royalty, but more so their story and 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 how they've been treated with the the whole thing of Meghan Markle being of of uh, of mixed race where the whole issue of racism comes up so I think that that's where I think a lot of people are gasping at this point like you know oh the you know the 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 tragedy of all of it which I could understand that but I mean just to be obsessed with royalty in general just for shits and giggles just doesn't appeal to me and I I don't know why it appeals to other people especially Americans but also from the sound bites that I've seen in the clips was just like a lot of the questions weren't really fully answered. You know, I mean, I remember when there was one question that was that had to do with, you know, uh, with her being multiracial is that, you know, they were they asked Oprah asked Harry a question and his response was, well, I'm not going to re- repeat what was said, 
Well, yeah. isn't that the, isn't that the whole point of what you're doing to kind of spill the beans and to let everybody understand, like understand, you know, you're, you're supposed to be coming clean, like letting people know like, Hey, this is why this happened. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you doing it in the first place for obviously the 17.2 million views? Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I mean, there, there's also, I mean, there's, there's also a, a I guess you could say a, a level of respect, if you will. Um, even if it's not deserved on, on the other party's end, there's still a, a certain amount of respect that, that you try to maintain for the other parties that aren't there for the interview. So, I, I mean, I, I could understand a lot of it is, is to try to save face and, 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 and whatnot, but you're right. I mean, if you're there for an interview, then, then you should be spilling the beans completely, but I, I, I get it, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. And then there's the cancellations that just keep continuing to come. Mm-hmm. Poor little Peppy. He was, he was, he was cut from space jam too. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think the ratings of that are going to be good anyway. I, I doubt it. I mean, I don't know. The first one was, it was Jordan though. And the whole, yeah. I don't know, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I mean, Okay, where do we draw the line? I mean, we started talking about this last week, actually. You know, we were talking about a lot of the cartoon characters and a lot of the, it's like just Looney Tunes in general. And here we have another one that a lot might not be acceptable today. But to define Pepe Le Pew as rape culture. That's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. I mean, I do remember the cartoon. I do remember him like, you know, he's always trying to smooch up on the other one. I get it. But at the same token, like, are we going to blame Pepe Le Pew for, for Harvey Weinstein? Are we going to blame Pepe Le Pew for Bill Cosby? Are we going to, you know, I mean, like, where, where does that, where do we draw the line? Like, it's <laughs> just, I, you know, the, the fact that we're actually having this conversation is fucking laughable. It really is. It, it, uh, it, it just, it just goes to show like how much our, our, our society has decayed over the years. That we're actually having a serious concent- a serious conversation on the fact that a, a cartoon character that we watched as kids and we laughed at, we actually laughed at when we were kids, uh, is is being taken seriously as somebody who's perpetuating rape culture. I mean, really, this is this is an actual conversation in 2021. A fucking cartoon character, it's a fictional animal that can talk, and apparently, uh, uh, you know trying to yeah trying to court uh, an animal of a, of a completely different species altogether right it was a cat wasn't it yeah <laughs> it, it, it used to always find itself getting painted on the back by like whoever's whitewashing <laughs> yeah, exactly i the fact uh, it's just it's insanity i, I mean you're right. Where's you hear that end? cat? That poor cat every is just like another day. God, every goddamn day. <laughs> this yeah. goddamn painter. Yeah, this guy won't leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, where does it end? My God. Like, what's next? I, I I don't I don't know. It's just it's insanity. Just just let it be. It's for pure entertainment. Right. My friend showed me a meme today. It said, tell Peter Pan his pink slip is on the way. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I, I heard something about that as well. I, I don't know the details of Peter Pan, but uh, other than he, uh, Peter Pan is racist all of a sudden. But I, I just, I, I don't understand, like, 
here, here's my thing. If there's, if there's one, you know, one silver lining in all of this is if this is the extent of what worries us in these, in today's day and age, we're doing pretty damn good. Yeah. We're, we're living in, we're living in fairly peaceful times. There's no impending apocalyptic disaster that, that that's going to end humanity anytime soon. At least that's as far as we know, you know, yeah, we're about to no be COVID. Yeah. There there's, yeah, we're coming out of a pandemic. There's no major world wars. We're not on, on the brink of nuclear annihilation, all this other stuff. So I guess things are going pretty, pretty damn well. If we are that concerned about a fucking cartoon character, perpetuating rape culture i i just I, I it's it's baffling to me it is absolutely baffling to me that people are so concerned about something like this i i, I don't like is elmer fudd gonna get taken taken off the air next because i think he might have already been has he been i think he might have been yeah or like i don't know wiley coyote for for being a carnivore, I I, I, I I don't know, or maybe Daffy Duck because he's he has a speech impediment, so they're worried that that that, that that's going to affect people with a speech impediment. I, I don't know where where do we end, you know? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Looney Tunes gets rid of guns in new cartoons launched. New Looney Tunes cartoons ban. Elmer Fudd from carrying a gun. What? That's what he did. He was a hunter. Yeah. Like, wh- wh- where do you think meat comes from? Is everybody a vegetarian now? Are we still allowed to eat cows? How about we have a, a cartoon character that co- that shows what uh, what it looks like on a slaughterhouse with a with a cattle prod? How about that? Can we depict real life there? I, I think all these snowflakes would would uh, would curl up in a in a in a ball and start crying. But it's yeah. just it's insanity. It's insanity. Like you, and the the thing is that this is happening. It's happening at such a frequency now that you're starting to become numb to it. It's kind of like the whole situation with with everything being racist, everything being having to do with racism. As the saying goes. If everything is racist, nothing is racist because you've just completely diluted the, 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 the term altogether. Kind of like with rape, just like the whole thing with racism back in the day. If I was a kid and I heard that somebody got raped, that was a big fucking deal. It was a big problem altogether. You, re- you legitimately felt bad for that person and, and you hope to, to God that, that the person who, who perpetuated the rape would burn in hell and now it's like if you're a guy and you're trying to court a woman which is normal in in any sort of you know any sort of multicellular organism trying to reproduce which is courting process is all normal part of biology and you know uh, uh, uh you know it, passing on of genes from one generation to the next then everybody's a rapist yeah, it's 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 you're completely diluting the importance of the term by doing all this. Yeah, 
I had to stop here Sam. and share this because it shows Yosemite Sam, who we both forgot about. But I can't believe this needs to be said, but Yosemite Sam and Ellen Fudd were never responsible gun owners anyway, <laughs> which I believe is pretty accurate. I, but who was back back in the 30s and 40s? But not only that, it's a goddamn cartoon. It's not exactly. real. It's not real. We're supposed to depict actual, I mean, this is like a conversation I had with somebody just the other day, you know? And it, it was something that was in a, a, a bit that Bill Burr did actually in his new, uh, his new stand-up that's on Netflix called Paper Tiger. If you haven't seen it, I'm a fan of stand-up comedy and uh, I recommend it. Um, he's one Bill of Burr favorites. is hysterical. I love it. But, but he was saying, he was like, <clears throat> you know, I mean, he, this part he, he didn't say, but okay. So th- there was supposed to be a movie that came out. There was supposed to be a movie produced where Scarlett Johansson, this is a true story. Scarlett Johansson was supposed to play a transgender yeah. male to woman or something like that, or maybe vice versa. So she was supposed to play the role. The trans community got angry because a cisgender, and I quote, a cisgender white female was playing the role that should be given to a trans person. Yeah. Hollywood fell in line with it. Sorry, Scarlett, you're no longer part of the movie. We're going to make this movie with a transactive will find one what a lot of people miss in this whole virtue signaling is that that movie would have got traction and people would have watched it and have been exposed to a situation that that was for all intents and purposes a true story because scarlett johansson was in that movie people would have watched it because she was in it now because you're you're getting away from that a lot of people aren't going to watch that movie, not because of you know the subject matter, but because she's not in it and you're going to have somebody that's relatively unknown and it's going to be the equivalent of just watching a made-for-TV movie that people are just going to kind of skim over. You know what I mean? So you're moving that. So to get back to the Bill Burr bit, it was just like he gave an example of, of this and he was saying like, you can't have actors be actors anymore. Everybody has to actually portray themselves. And it's like, what happens, you know, you get to a movie and one of the stars is a, is a paraplegic or quadriplegic. And, you know, he's going to be doing the interview for like, you know, for the movie coming out. It's like, you know, what did, what did you do to prepare for this movie? And he's like, well, you know, I had one too many Michelob Ultras and, you know, I dove headfirst into the shallow end of a pool and, you know, now I lost my, my light, the feeling in my legs and my, in my hands. And, you know, that's, that's how I got this role. Like it's making light of a terrible subject, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, people are getting away from the fact that, you know, acting is acting, you know, cartoons are entertaining. It doesn't mean like, I mean, look at Looney Tunes. I mean, Jesus, they had a, a baby smoking a cigar. Yeah, I think even in the twenties they knew that that was bad, but they just it was entertaining. Exactly, exactly. Entertainment is getting so disconnected from being what it's supposed to be, and that's entertainment. All of a sudden, entertainment has to reflect life. And in some instances, it's great. Like we were talking about the good doctor before. It's great that we could incorporate, you know, in other TV shows, like we mentioned shameless and in your honor or whatever, but it's, it's good that we could imitate like what's going on in the real world and bring it into, you know, this fictional world that we're watching. But at the same token, it is an escape and we are watching it to be entertained and God, it's okay to laugh once in a while. I mean, Yosemite Sam was shooting a a gun at the floor and elevating himself. (laughs) Like it was a jetpack. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not real life. 
I mean, no, it's that it's, I mean, geez, remember when you were a kid and you had a pop gun? Yeah, of course. I had, I had an Uzi that was black. You put the, the, the pop caps in and you pull the trigger and it sounded like gunshots. Nowadays, people would fucking lose their mind if they saw that or, or heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we were kids, we were actually given toys that contained gunpowder. Yeah. Imagine that smoke would come out of the barrel too. It's fucking crazy, actually. You think about it. Remember, like the big rolls, like the paper. Yeah. It with the little 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 path there, like you used to. I don't know if you did, but me and my friends did. We just would unroll it and just take a rock and just like pop, 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 or like a hammer. Or used to like go after the whole roll and then watch it catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, then then it actually sound like an Uzi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, going back to the, to the good doctor and, 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 you know, criticism for not having somebody actually play in that role. So the, the, the main character, he plays somebody who's autistic, but the main character in real life, he's a normal guy. He's, he's actually a British actor. I just learned that he's a British actor tonight. I didn't realize it. Um, Most of them are. And, and, and apparently he got a lot of criticism for, for the fact that he was playing an autistic person as opposed to them actually getting an autistic person in there. But the thing is, is that in order to, to, to show what that is like, if you try to get an autistic person in there, they're not going to, especially at, at his level of, 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 um, I, I don't want to use the word impairment, but that's the only thing that's really coming to mind right now. But is if his level had, of autism, is it more like Asperger's yes. or is it like, Probably more like Asperger's, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's more like social. Oh, very, yeah, very social, very, very problematic from a, from from a socialization perspective. And that's a thing. If you if you if you try to get an actual autistic person in that role, they're not going to understand that they are acting. That this is for an act, and so they're not going to be able to to produce that show because the autistic person won't be able to function as needed for the entertainment value. Okay, now I I appreciate the show because and I appreciate his his effort and and as far as I'm concerned, he does a damn good job of playing somebody with severe autism. Um so it gives me a good idea of what somebody like that functions like, what like what goes on in their life. I right. can appreciate that. I'm not going to criticize him for playing that role. Number one, he got hired for it. Of course, he's going to do what the job requires, which is to act like an autistic person. Right. But and it, it also, he is, then it sounds like he's nailing the role. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, you know, if you're, if you're going to look at it from a, from an optimistic perspective, he is helping to raise awareness, what autistic people actually go through and that they're, they're not just crazy people is that they have a legitimate neuropsychiatric problem. So, you know, give him credit for doing that as opposed to saying, oh, no, this is this is, uh, you know, insensitive and and, uh, you know, they, they should actually have an autistic person doing it. An autistic person can't play the fucking role. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you get in other roles, too. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the show. Shit. Um, but you, you have a show on Netflix. Um, you could find it. Michael Rappaport's in it. Um, it's called Atypical. It's a great show. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Um, very well done. It, it'll make you laugh. It's, it'll kind of pull at your heartstrings a little bit. But 
it had me believing that this actor that portrayed that role was actually somebody with autism. Mm. And I, I looked him up and it was great. I mean, but that's what it is. Michael Rappaport. Yes, the name of the show is Atypical. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at it. I, the actor name sounds familiar. I just don't. I, I don't know. Oh, you was. definitely know who it is. He oh, played okay. Remy in Higher Learning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Okay. So what's interesting about that show is, uh, and we talk about uh, life imitating art. Here's one where art does not imitate life. So basically, he plays an EMT who has a stay-at-home wife. Okay. I mean, we're familiar with basically the a ballpark idea of what an EMT's income is. Apparently the school, or the, the, the uh, excuse me, the story takes place in Connecticut and mm-hmm. the house that they live in is definitely <laughs> not something that could be afforded on an EMT salary, <laughs> especially with two kids, one with special needs. And a stay at home mom. And a stay at home mom. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, the only part that they nailed, I think is that they have one vehicle. Hmm. Oh, I mean, if they're gonna have a big house, then they definitely can't have two vehicles on a on a single in, single income, making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year in Connecticut. <laughs> making less than a hundred? I don't think an EMT makes even close to. I don't think an EMT makes eighty. I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Let's let's look. Average. Average. Good question. You pull that up. You, you get the uh, type of rule there. Average income for an EMT, Connecticut. Of course, it's going to bring up like Indeed, and it's going to say like they make twenty. Number 000. one, number one <laughs> website that came up is Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what Indeed says. At least it'll give you a ballpark. See if I can find anything here. Oh, they got lots of lots of jobs posted. A salary estimate. What's your salary per hour? I, that's what I'm asking you. What kind of website is this? That's useless. Let's, let's try a different one. Hmm. How much money does an EMT make yearly? Uh, EMT pay averages between thirty-three thousand and fifty thousand per year on average. Okay. That's now, horrific. Okay. Now take a look. This is the house that they live in. You got the. Uh, I shared the screen. Wow. So that's just the outside. I mean, it's pretty big indoor. I mean, you could see the house is pretty sprawling. Yeah, I'd say so. It's not a bad house. Open floor plan. Yeah level maybe no there is a little split level but it goes upstairs also yeah it's a fancy stair i don't, I don't have a fan, fancy staircase like that and i i live here in connecticut well that's because you're a doctor and not an emt you are correct <laughs> yeah yeah so that's, that's, pretty impressive yeah no yeah i'd say so pretty pretty uh <laughs> pretty accurate depiction so like it. yeah great show though i recommend it um, along with the other shows that we've discussed tonight, um, you know, uh, just, just don't watch the Looney Tunes, whatever you do, because you'll definitely get triggered by Pepe Le Pew. No. And also, you know, just to add on to that, we have the best meme to be adding. If you're listening to this, if you've seen, uh, if you clicked on this episode because of the, uh, the, uh, the link on Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram or whatever your outlet is, you'll have seen this meme. And the best thing about it was, you know, uh, just getting rid of 
just a good thing that, you know, we're getting rid of, of uh, Pepe Le Pew because of rape culture. Now the kid could go and spend more time playing Grand Theft Auto where he just lit a hooker on fire so he didn't have to pay her. It's the best <laughs> ever. That was the best ever. I sent it to you and your, your first response was, was that, here, there we go. We got our winner. Yep, absolutely. That's our meme for the week. Perfect. Well, that's all I got for the week. That's all I got too. It's there, there's, I, I don't think I have the mental capacity to deal with these liberal snowflakes that, that get triggered by everything. <laughs> Pointing fingers again, sir. Any questions, comments, concerns, please. We'd love to hear from you. Ocho in the sieve at yahoo.com. Not Ocho in the sieve.com. Cause it doesn't exist. I mean, you, you could try to go to the website and if you, if you get something, let us know at Ocho in the sieve at yahoo.com. HP 404 error message. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> website exists or whatever the hell it is. All right, folks. I'm Osho. I'm Siv. Peace. AKA Prince Harry. <laughs> Pepe Leocho. <laughs> That's right.